Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. Here at Geek Therapy, we believe that the best way to understand each other and ourselves through the media we care about. My name is Josue Cardona, and I am joined by Laura Taylor. Hey. You were taking a sip, so I thought I would catch you like in nope. the middle. <laughs> nope. I took a small sip because I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> Mark Quides. Hello. And Lynn Keller. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, hi. Hello. Welcome back, my friends. I have missed you. All of us? All of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mark, take a sip now. After we're done. Yep. Uh, Link, what are, what are we talking about today? We are talking about a show called Dead End Paranormal Park, which is a cartoon available on Netflix. It is lightly spoopy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, if you liked Gravity Falls, it has a lot of things in common with that. Um, but mostly I wanted to talk about uh, the trans character, Barney, and more specifically, episode seven, where Barney has a meetup with his family, and it is very uncomfortable, um, but it is, uh, I think, a really good conversation starter for talking about uh, trans people and their family dynamics around that, uh, young trans men um, in particular. And uh, yeah, I just, I thought it was a, a fun show to talk about. Um, now, I, I specified to you guys when I brought up this topic that episode seven was the one I wanted to talk about specifically, but I know some of you watched more than that. So anybody want to pipe in and talk about your experience watching Dead End Paranormal Park? I had to renew my Netflix subscription, <laughs> which I wasn't super happy about. But I did. <laughs> Anything for the podcast. Anything, <clears throat> Anything for, for the, the podcast. podcast. Anything. Yep. yep. I have a question, Link. Yeah. In that episode, which mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get into more, they reference a previous dinner with a grandmother. Mm-hmm. Is that also shown in an episode? Is that I did not see? I think there is uh, an earlier episode where they do like a quick little flashback but they do not show the scene in its entirety just um it's like a spooky scary thing is happening to barney and it is uh shows that it's a family dinner and grandma is very threatening and scary and so you you get the setup early on as like that was a traumatic event that happened which potentially assuredly is related to why Barney is now um, run away from home and is living in the park. Yeah. Uh, Part of like a larger conversation, are there, are there other um, uh, trans characters in animated shows that, that come to mind that we might be able to compare and contrast um, as we continue the conversation? I wasn't ready for that question. Oh no. Neither am I. Uh because I can't think of any other characters that I've seen on, on any animated show. Mm, let me Google. You gotta Google something. Okay. Oh. Pull up the Google. Please hold. I mean there there <laughs> I don't think explicitly trans characters, but there are allegories and like representations of Yeah, ton- yeah we got tons of a those. A lot yeah. of those. We got yeah, three hundred we- episodes of those. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> um yeah, and again because like Barney is explicitly trans. Like that's mm-hmm. again this episode that we're that we want to talk about that's that's it. That's a big part of the the conversation. See, I didn't want to come in and, and be like this is the first ever <laughs> trans character in an animated show. I was like it, it, is it is it the first one for me, but yeah, I was gonna say like this is the first one for me because I don't think I've ever really dealt with oh I really any form of media that I could think of off the top of my head where there's like an explicitly like trans character. We have um, talked a lot about li- live action um, <clears throat> um, trans representation because I can I can name a bunch um, and we've talked about this, but never animated. 
So there is a Wikipedia page, list of fictional trans characters, and there mm-hmm. are quite a few. Um, in there animation? Because I tried to pull in one animation. up and nothing, and nothing came. It's like a blank page for me. Uh, you have to click the, the show okay. button where it says characters um, for it to drop it down. I had a moment, too, where I was like, but yeah. I know there's at least two, three. <laughs> um, there are definitely more trans women than trans mm-hmm. men on this mm-hmm. list. But um, I just I had a, <laughs> a moment just now. Oh, God, where did it go? I Rachel Bighead it. on Rocco's Modern Life? Hmm. Uh, in the, I don't remember the, that, the remake I'm... version, that was like a subplot in it, which actually was pretty cool. Oh, that's that's right. I do. Rocco remember got that. a remake. What? Um, <laughs> there are several trans women characters in Bob's Burgers. Uh, there is a trans man in Wonder Egg Priority. Wonder I actually remember Priority? there there is a there is a trans woman in Family Guy. Actually, mm-hmm. there's a couple of trans characters in Futurama. Uh, there's a trans man in She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, Jewel Star. Mm. Now I have to look up character. who Jewel Star is. Yeah, yeah, I'm great. And I have to think about that. But I'm like, did that person have any lines? I I doubt it. In Wonder Egg, who in Wonder Egg? Let me scroll back down. Wonder we haven't podcasted in a while. Uh, Sorry. Kaoru <laughs> Kurita. Trans boy hatched from Momo's egg. Oh, oh that's true. That's true. His jacket, true. That's jacket true. is that's designed true. with colors replicant of the transgender flag. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Oh, I, sh- I wish I hadn't read more of that. That's a real bummer. <laughs> that whole show is a big bummer. Anyway. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> big content warning for that show yeah. <laughs> from beginning to end. For yeah. reals. But yeah. So uh. there, there are definitely a few here. Um, okay. Okay. Notably, n- not a lot of main characters. Right. Barney right, right. is mm-hmm. absolutely main character. Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. Top billing. Uh, and and I appreciate that the way that they introduce Barney as being trans is like not the defining feature of who he is. Mm-hmm. It is. I think the second or third episode where he explicitly says it, um, which I do appreciate that it is explicit, but it's not, you know, episode one, you are introducing your characters, you're trying to get people invested in them to watch the rest of the show. That's not the main thing about Barney. Um, I really appreciate that. Yeah. He leaves Uh, home, but you don't explicitly know mm -hmm. why. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you for answering my question, Wikipedia. <laughs> mm-hmm. Make sure to uh, donate to keep Wikipedia free. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wikipedia. Um, okay, so Par- uh, Dead End Paranormal Park is is uh, it's a pretty fun show. So let's let's talk about Barney. Yeah. So uh, Barney and Norma are our two mm-hmm. main characters, um, and they are high school students on summer break, and they are both applying for the same job at Paranormal Park. Um, Norma, who is 100% autistic coded, uh, is obsessed with Pauline Phoenix, who is the um, Mickey Mouse of this park. Uh, she's seen every piece of media that Pauline Phoenix has been in. She knows everything about the park. She's This is her hyperfixation, 100%. Barney is just like, I'm looking for a way out of my house, and this is a job um, that has a lot of places that I could potentially sleep in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, most people that work at uh, parks don't live in them (laughs) most of the time they don't um i would maybe recommend especially not in a spooky Mm -hmm. theme park but um, unless that's your thing unless that's your thing but uh yeah they they go to uh the job interview it turns out (laughs) that they um 
are applying for the position of being possessed by it like a demon king um, <laughs> who, through a series of hijinks, ends up inside the body of Barney's dog, Pugsley. Um, it's very silly and cute and funny. Um, Pugsley ends up coming back into himself, having control over his body with a special new power of being able to talk. So we have our comedy relief third character. Um, they're all funny. They're all comedy relief. Um, but yeah, Barney uh, is so cute and so sweet. And he doesn't... I, I like that how they introduce him, especially compared to Norma. Norma comes in, she's like, I know everything about this park. I know everything about Pauline. I'm obviously the only choice to get a job here. And he's all like, well, I'm... I'm, I'm nice and I'm a good worker. <laughs> I just really like that. That's, that's just like, he's like, I don't, you don't have to know everything to be good at a job. And I'm like, that's right, Barney. You are correct. Um, I'm very appreciative of that. Uh, yeah. I like, I like Barney a lot. I think he's real cute. I like Norma a lot too. Um, I also like Courtney, the demon. <laughs> <clears throat> who eats so garbage it, <laughs> <laughs> so it's it, it is a fun show I, I would say um pauline phoenix is more like the Do the dolly parton of of this of this part ah, than the mm -hmm. <clears throat> there is definitely some dolly parton-esque-ness yeah. um dollywood she you know, she is, is voiced is by uh miss coco peru it's, it's very giving very much drag queen is the vibe yeah um, which I totally love. And there, there's been like a, a long history of the relationship between drag queens and horror stuff. So I, yeah. I appreciate that aspect as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, they get, the, they manage to not be possessed by the, the demon guy. Um, and they get, they both get a job as security <laughs> at the park. <laughs> Uh, and then, you know, various hijinks ensue. It's a, it's a cartoon. Each episode yeah. has its own little thing. They're fun. <clears throat> yeah. And so, and so what, what, um, what is it about, uh, Barney's representation and, and kind of character development and all that, that, um, that really stood out to you? Well, like I said, um, I like that. To me, it was very obvious that Barney was trans from the beginning. Um, because I'm like, that's, that's a, that's a queer character uh, uh, <laughs> pointing at my TV screen. Like, Hey, wait a second. I recognize you. Um, uh, but I, like I said, on the second or third episode, he explicitly says to Norma, like, I'm, I'm a trans man and everybody at school knew who I was before and everybody at my house knew who I was before and here at the park people just know me who like who I am right now and I thought that that was really authentic and vulnerable for him to say that um <laughs> because Norma supposedly went to school with him they had classes together but she's so much in her own world she's like <laughs> she she never comments on it it's not a big deal to her at all which I, I think is very cute she's just like okay <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, as we find out more about Barney's relationship with his family, he has a younger brother who he cares very much about, but he has uh, an uncomfortable relationship with his parents and uh, an antagonistic relationship with his grandmother, who uh, it's unclear if she lives with his family or if she just comes over for a family, a weekly family dinner. Um, but uh, anyways, he felt very uncomfortable and not supported and, and loved for who he is at home. And so he felt that the only option available to him was to run away, which is, I think, very relatable for most teens in the world <laughs> um yeah. and so many queer teens right yeah mm -hmm. definitely yeah. um yeah i think when um 
Barney and his brother end up talking and his brother is like like come come home like we miss you and it's revealed that like Barney just bounced he didn't tell them that he was leaving or anything he just didn't come home yeah. um and so it's like everybody's worried about him and and you can tell like this is uh stressful and upsetting for his little brother who he's clearly close with um and so when Barney finally gets up the courage to meet up with his parents. Um, they go to a restaurant that has a funny <laughs> Western theme. Um, and they have a very awkward conversation. That very uncomfortable. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's very uncomfortable. I love the way that it's, it is framed where um, it's so obvious to barney and barney's parents and us the audience that they are talking about barney's transness and the the way that they treat him because of that and his they they are layering that with a metaphor about nachos and the little brother is just (laughs) like you guys we can order more nachos (laughs) and it's so cute (laughs) so i really love that he's like he he just wants his family back together and he doesn't really grasp the dynamics that are occurring around him he just knows that it's like it's bad and uncomfortable um but he wants you know he wants his big brother around and barney is clearly hurt by having to be like i'm not coming back yet uh maybe not at all um but you know i'm very proud of him for standing up and setting those boundaries and being brave enough to finally talk to them about it, even if it is, you know, a little couched in metaphor and <laughs> nachos. Nachos. Mm-hmm. Now, um, remember when I watched it the first time, <clears throat> I felt I felt kind of like Patrick. <laughs> Which I was like, whoa, how did we get to from here to there? Like, even even as you're following the nachos, right? I think right, like I, I think it was the mom, the first one who I mean the, the dad is not is not even really making an effort. But the mom is making an effort, and and so like, what mistakes did she make, or did she make any mistakes as she was, you know, getting started talking to him? Because you know, she started with the like, oh, we accept you as you are, and and Barney wasn't having it. That's sort of the main thrust of the conversation, yeah. and, and what I think yeah. is really important that Barney explicitly says, uh, his parents get you know upset, and they're like, why aren't you more grateful? We accept you for who you are. And he's like, that is the bare minimum of what you should be doing as my parents. And when uh, Grammy Grams, I think is what they call her, uh, (laughs) apparently she said some, I'm assuming, incredibly transphobic things to Barney and nobody stood up for him. And so he felt completely let down by his parents who are, you know, it's one thing to be like we accept you but if you won't stand up and say anything that acceptance doesn't really mean anything Mm -hmm. it's it's without action the words don't mean anything and so they're like you know they try and and they're like, oh, she's stuck in her ways. You know, it's not she's worth. She's old. You know. It's not yeah. worth trying to explain it to yeah. her. She won't understand. And he, he's like, that's not really the point. The point yeah. is, yeah. I was there getting harmed, and you did not. You watched and did nothing. Yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna take that. I was like, hell yeah, dude, get him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think that that was really important that that was verbalized. The idea of like accepting a trans kid is bottom rung baseline thing. There is so much more you should be doing to support trans kids. But I, even then, I would argue that like that's not fully accepting someone. Fully accepting someone is also offering if there are someone who is close in your life offering to stand up for them and and help um it's that i talk to clients all the time about action behavior is communication and so the words are saying one thing and the behavior is something completely different and yeah it doesn't feel good it puts your brain in a weird place and makes you feel not accepted But the scene made me think of 
you know, the kind of situation where it's like, in my life, I'm more like Barney in that I'm like, oh, I'm not even going to bother with these people. I don't, I don't have the patience for this. And, and that's what he does, right? He's like, Look, you know what? I don't even want to have this conversation anymore. I'm still angry. Mm-hmm. I'm still hurt. Let's go. Um, or I'm leaving. Uh, but, but like, I acknowledge that many times when I do that, I'm completely uh, destroying the possibility of talking about it or teaching them or really like if they're, if they're willing to come to the table in this case, literally, right. They're willing to, to, to sit down and have a conversation. I think maybe they don't know what to do next. And you want your parents to already have that answer. And it, it sucks that it's on you, a teenager to have to walk them through it and teach them how to, how to be accepting and, and how to um, fulfill the needs that you have. Um, but that was kind of sad for me because because I, I completely understand <clears throat> why he just left. It's, but then it's like, oh, but like now, like there's no, th- you missed an opportunity here. <laughs> they were, they were, they were at least tr- trying. They don't know what they're doing, but it, it seemed like they were at least trying. Yeah, it's, it is a common challenge mm-hmm. for yeah. trans people. Um, where your identity, being open about your identity means you are signing up to be an educator about that probably for the rest of your life. Um, and that that's heavy. That is a heavy thing for anybody, let alone a teen who, you know, identity is such a wibbly wobbly thing when you're a teenager and being tasked further to educate people and defend your identity to them um, and trying to be understanding of, you know, people don't know. You have to learn it somewhere. Um, But putting the onus on the trans kid is so heavy um, Mm -hmm. and exhausting for the person who is having to regularly do trans 101 (laughs) to everybody in their life i've had clients struggle between do i do the educating and i'm exhausted doing the educating or do i send them to the internet there are so many bad things out there on the internet and misinformation i don't want to send them to a place that i want them to go (laughs) a website this is the website i want you to go to don't google things yeah it's like am i gonna end up in the wrong corner of the internet am i gonna do the labor of doing it in the moment face to face or am i going to do the labor of setting up like a syllabus packet to be able to hand out to people it's like either way you're having to do this extra work that you know, cis people don't have to do. Um, and that, that can yeah. be very isolating and, like I said, ex- exhausting. Um, so I, I appreciate that we got to see that that vulnerable moment with Barney and him standing up for himself. Um, yes, I also, you know, I, w- I want him to feel loved and accepted and, and supported. And so I agree, Josue is like, you can see it's like they're – they're at the table like this is an opportunity to try and mend some of these these bridges but also like oh yeah but if neither party is ready to have the conversation there's <clears throat> feelings of resentment and anger that mm, they haven't been able to work out on their own yeah it, it can be really hard to have that conversation i really wish i could have given barney a copy of the comic uh, a quick and easy guide to queer and trans identities to just hand to them, you know? Here, I have a book for you. It's really easy to read. It'll take you maybe an hour or two. <laughs> well, that, that's the saddest part about the, I mean, the whole story. It's like, not only that Barney runs away, goes to live at a theme park. Like, what support does Barney have? <laughs> like, where, like, who who does he go to in in a situation like this? Apparently, he's got nobody. What Norma? <laughs> He's got yeah, a I mean, demon <clears throat> and a dog. <laughs> yeah, Pugsley, well, Courtney, and yeah. Norma are his his family, which right, I appreciate they, in that episode when this yeah. this blow up is happening is when um, they do sort of a split mm-hmm. n- uh, narrative in that episode, and Norma is going on her own adventure uh, with Badia, who I fucking <laughs> love. Um, she's probably my favorite character. Uh, but she comes in to like reveal to Barney this information that they've gathered and um, 
Barney's parents are like, excuse me, we're having like a family meeting. And he goes, so are we. Yeah. And like turns mm-hmm. away from them to, to his friends who actually support him and who he is. And I'm just like, ah, I'm getting all teary eyed. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Gotta bring in that found family Ooh, narrative. You know, yeah. I love that shit. Ugh. <clears throat> But of course, like they 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 come up they come afterwards, right? Like we meet all of them when uh, when Barney leaves, right? Like before he found this new family because he didn't because have he anybody left. before. Yeah. yeah, and that's a very yeah. common experience. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Barney! <laughs> oh, I'm bummed. <laughs> Just a little guy. I know. You're nah, he's got but he's but he's got some family. He's got his own family. <laughs> I I love that Barney's main character conflict isn't his transness. It is mm-hmm. that oh, he yeah. runs away from conflict. And yeah. that is the thing that keeps coming up. And I love that because it would be so easy to just be like trans trauma all over him is like that's his main character conflict it's like no 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 his conflict is that when something scary or upsetting happens his reaction is to like oh i'm out of here like bye guys and how he's realizing like yes sometimes that is the correct choice for your safety uh when you're being chased by scary demons or whatever but sometimes it is it is not a a, a good choice and it is harming yourself by just leaving and removing yourself from the potential to make connections and to grow and uh all that stuff i think that i think that that's a really good choice for his and just character. face the situation right like because in the in, in the episode after that the roles are reversed and it's it's norma who doesn't want to go back and face face reality mm-hmm. and barney's like oh we get we get we gotta we gotta go back we gotta we gotta do this Sorry, I can't can't stay here. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's a fun show, and the musical episode, uh, fantastic. The but I keep putting my my therapist hat on. Like, and I didn't even think about that until I I sat here. I was like, oh, these kids are all alone. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are they? <laughs> We're the adults. How are they so oblivious? Why why is this happening to them? I feel like that's half the cartoons in the world. Well, I know, yeah. I know, I know. Like, I usually turn that off and I'm just enjoy it. But, you know, welcome to GT Radio. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> want to take care of these kids? And, <laughs> <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah. I think about Deadpool 2 uh, all the time. It's it's one of those movies where, where you know, <laughs> like, very like different. I, I know, I know, I know, in the name. <laughs> I know, I know, but it's a, like the whole thing is right. This kid who's in, in a foster care and like this, 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 um, this foster home oh, place right, is right. like, it's just terrible. Right. And like this kid is just treated so, so badly. And Deadpool is like, like trying to save the kids. Like he's just so angry about it. Um, I think about that all the time because it's like, in, in the middle of that it's the only thing I remember about the movie <laughs> sometimes I forget I'm like oh yeah Cable was in that one played by the same guy that played Thanos right is that is that right Negasonic's um, super teenage warhead <laughs> yeah 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 none of that all I remember is Deadpool shooting like the head of the of the foster home in the head because mm-hmm. he was like oh nah, actually he treated these children horribly and traumatize them all don't don't even bother arresting him i'm just gonna i'm just gonna get rid of him it's like like, rightfully has issues with people who traumatize children yeah 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 but Mm -hmm. uh, yeah again it's it's this this thing of like oh the kids (laughs) these kids all alone damn it just want them to be safe and loved and happy i know in in keeping with this dead theme, um, it's kind of bringing back. Like I'm I'm sitting here thinking about um, this book series. It's like well trilogy that I read. It. It's um like Magnus Chase and the Gods of Asgard. It's kind of like Percy Jackson, but it's not. Um, <clears throat> but there's a character in there. Um, I think they're introduced in the second book, and they're actually gender fluid. Um, so they switch between you know male and female, and they are a child of Loki. And just kind of seeing like that whole dynamic, because in the whole throughout the whole series, like the whole point is that there it's a bunch of kids going on quests to save Midgard, but they're dead. They're already dead. 
So like you talk about like the stories of like how they died. And then for this character, Alex, the story then goes into not it, it, it like that's kind of like their their gender fluidity is like a, a just a statement. It is what it is. And their whole their whole st- character development is that their parent is really shitty and um, kind of like dealing with like that family dynamic because one of the other characters that's part of the main group is also a child of Loki, but she's a Valkyrie. And so like you have like these different dynamics of like coming from the same family, but you know, like they, and they, and they, they dealt with like this being treated bound. very differently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> basically because they, they are born in like, they might have been from the same godly parent, but their lives are, are drastically different. Like Alex, um, I think was like one of those people that like kind of grew up on the streets or I can't quite fully remember, but like they had a very different lifestyle to, I think it's like Samara, Samira. There we go. Um, like she has like a mom and a dad and you know, she's, um, grown up like a relatively, like relatively like a middle class, I would say. And like, she has, um, an arranged marriage and she's like, all for it like she want like she's looking forward to this and, and all this other stuff and so she's like trying to like maintain this healthy life of being a valkyrie and like doing school stuff and so like you see like these different dynamics of like how differently each child was treated and then when they meet loki and they have conversations with loki the way he talks to both of them is also very different so hmm <laughs> It's been, that reminds me of how, like, my older sister is 12 years older than me. And my mom was a very different person when she raised my my older sister than when she raised me. Because, Same because, way. Yeah, Same. yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, right, you have these conversations with your older siblings. Where they're like, my parents weren't like that, you know? It was very different for me. But I, I think, I don't know in your situation, Laura, but I think my, you know, my my mom was better than the, than the version that my mom, that my older sister got because she had learned and she had also like softened up and her life was, was different. Um, and I don't know what it was like for my older sister to have super young 18 year old mom, you know, dealing with all the shit that she was dealing through dealing with and like not knowing how to do that. And so like, I think back to Barney's parents, right. Where they're like, and, and this is, this is very much a cop-out, right? Like, I don't, I don't think this is a valid reason, but I think it's, it's just a fact that like nobody, like they don't train parents to be like, they don't go to parent school beforehand Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they don't take the, the queer kid elective, right? Like they don't, they, they haven't learned how to do any of this stuff. And I don't know. I would like to think that, you know, us that are here, we would we would handle things differently than maybe our parents would have. Um, but yet, there's other stuff yet, that would have come up. People who are self aware and are therapists or work with kids <laughs> or whatever, they still fuck up their kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, like you don't like you might be prepared for some things and not for others, right? Right. And it's not even again. I think it's more ignorance, right? Just a, of not knowing than yeah than like purposeful. Like, there's a lot of programming there as well. <laughs> in some cases it may be new but in some cases it's just like oh this is the opposite of how i grew up but i need i need a second and that that's not yeah. that's not a justification it's just like nobody was you weren't prepared to not have parents that were supportive and the parents were not uh ready for to deal with that situation i think that that's that's actually a really great point is that in in media in our culture it is very easy to think about the perspective of the parents of having to oh wow okay i'm learning this thing about my kid i have to figure out what transness is i have to renegotiate our relationship and my understanding of gender and and how are people going to react to that and how am i going to like spread this knowledge throughout my community and and all of this like it's very easy to focus on that perspective and that's why i think barney is such a good character is because it's like no we're not doing that we are focusing on relating to barney and barney's experience and we are centering him in this situation yeah. Ooh, excuse me um i i think that that is 
good trans representation, right? Is like mm-hmm. focusing on the trans character rather than people who are like, oh, I'm just learning about what trans is. Um, yeah. I think that that's really important. There are a lot more examples. And, and you know, older, I'm thinking of like um, Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything. Um, Julie Newmar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, and so, um, like, it's very easy to center other cis hetero people because that is who we are used to centering in our stories because that is the assumed normative character person perspective and i think it's really important to sort of um upend that and be like we're not doing that we are focusing on the trans character and we are treating them as whole humans with equally valuable perspectives Um, right um that's something that, like, yes, there is a place for centering the other perspective and using that as education through media or whatever. Yes. But we've gotten enough of that. <laughs> and it's it's good to have some representation. Like, the voice actor is a trans man. Um, and there's some, like you said, Link, there's something about this character. You were like, oh, you're the queer character. <laughs> oh, you're queer. <laughs> I got you. And I have conversations with people all the time. They're like, I don't know what it is about some. I can't name the things that make somebody queer when they look queer, but people look queer and I know it when I see it. Um, And it's good to be able to see that in media um, and have it feel authentic rather than some representation we've had in other shows. Um, So, yeah, I think I think that scene was surprising because you never see that right like it's usually always this is a teachable moment <clears throat> and even mm-hmm. when i brought it up it it working in dni is one of those things where suddenly you become you're like policing right and it's like well, okay well i can't let that one slide we gonna we're gonna have a conversation right now <laughs> that's why that scene is uh it's like not it, aside from it being media, right? Like, like as a media example, it's, it's a, I think it is like one of the exceptions. Like, I don't, I don't, I was even surprised that it, that it went that way, but just as a, like a representation of a, of a real life situation, um, it sucks. Those situations suck. <laughs> so I keep saying like, Oh, like you don't, you don't want that task to fall, you know, onto the person that's, that's, that's hurting at that moment. Mm-hmm. But like, it's just like reality right like it's 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 at some point you have to do that and so many times so many times um yeah and i think the scene scene. itself is it could be good like to have education for people who are cis and straight look at watching this and like seeing the 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 perspective of the trans person and how using that as a conversation like Oh, uh, uh, this realization, oh, this impacted this person in this way. Maybe I should do something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, and that, and, and the way that Link, uh, you explained it of like, it's not about them. It's not about the parents. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> you know, we're not trying to make them feel better. We're not trying to teach them at this moment. That's not what this is about. That's not what we're here to do. Yeah. Like that, this is that's, Barney's that's show. valuable and, and important. <laughs> yeah. And it, like, I, I have room in my heart to be empathetic towards the parent's situation, but I think it's more important to center Barney because yep. it's, it's yeah. him. It's, mm-hmm. it's yep. who he is. It's his story. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. 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 That was a really good scene. It's not always just about nachos. You guys, mm-hmm. we can, we can order just... more nachos. <laughs> <laughs> and that probably happens in regular life. <laughs> Absolutely. I do I I do love that that is included as like a lightning of the moment, but also like legitimately you have, you know, younger siblings around who are that like, have no concept of what's going on. Like to them, yeah. it's not weird or like 
it, it's it's not a big deal. It's like kids are, are, are so accepting. Barney. It's just mm. like Barney Barney says he's Barney. Like that's Barney. I'm on board. And being mm. like, why is everybody? Why is why are people struggling with this? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. who? <laughs> There's a lot of uh, <laughs> social conditioning. Um, older people have to unpack to to deal with this stuff. Not everybody, but generalizing there. Um, yeah. And so I think I think that that is also an important aspect to include there where it's like the kid doesn't really get it, both because, you know, kids don't get a lot of things <laughs> in general, um, especially if they are being talked about in vaguely coded language, but also because from Patrick's perspectives, like this isn't why are why are we even fighting about this? Mm hmm. Why why is this a conflict? I don't get why Both Nachos and Barney. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like my family's all together having food. My dog is here. He can talk now. That's an exciting new thing. Why are why are you guys fighting? Like, why are we not excited about the dog? <laughs> like <laughs> let's go on some rides. Like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So uh, I guess before I switch things up, Mark, did, did you 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 watched the whole show, right? I did, and I <clears throat> I I really enjoyed it. Um, it it totally did give me more of those Gravity Fall vibes, and I was I'm one of the people that was really late to the Gravity Falls game. Um, I didn't watch it until. <sighs> I want to say towards like the beginning of this year. Um, I was just I was just needing something to watch. I was getting you know just looking for something to binge, and I, I really enjoyed it. So watching this, um, I just couldn't stop. I really couldn't. Um, I liked sort of. I I mean I I liked the the semi spookiness. I loved the the comedy for it, but I also loved. Like everything that we've been talking about up until this point, I really enjoyed it, and it was definitely an eye opener for um, for for different perspectives and things. And um, I, I I agree also with you, Link, about the favorite character because she's mine. Because I I honestly relate to her the most out of every single character there. Because I would just be that like oblivious sort of like, oh, so we're we're hunting we're hunting for we're solving a case. <laughs> Sign me up. Let's go. I got the snacks. Badia is like, I, Norma, I am going to be your fucking friend if it kills me. And Norma's like, I don't know what, what? Hmm? Oh, you want me to just pour the you, soup through the mail slot? Okay. Uh, yeah. um, but I, one of the, there's a, there was a few like key like quotes, um, or really just one that I, it really hit me because I was like, ooh, because I've, I've definitely felt this way. And it's where the mom is telling them, like, okay, like, please come home. And he's like, you have to make it one first. Mm-hmm. That was like, ooh, ooh, hits me. Just, it's just, that was like Arrow a real, like, straight just, through the heart. Yes, yeah. exactly. Critical um, hit. That, that to me was like, I, I liked, like, how we were saying how, like, this, the story isn't centered on the parents, like, learning and understanding like they go ahead and and do their own self-reflections and they come to their own conclusions off camera like they they make cameo appearance appearances really throughout the whole first season and i think i like to think that it's that particular quote that he tells them that makes her go home and really start contemplating everything that's been going on and even replaying that conversation at the restaurant where um, I know it, like they're, they're fighting, they're, they're going back and forth about the nachos. But I think at the end of the day, it was still a rather productive conversation. Just not, it wasn't very like apparent. It wasn't very explicit. However, it did what it needed to do. And I liked that. I liked how like, conversations when you have those difficult conversations they're not gonna end nicely they're not always gonna be presented with a, a nice neat little bow sometimes no resolution at the end of it right? exactly yeah. it's sometimes they're just gonna be an ugly an ugly argument or a fight and 
you guys are going to go your separate ways and you guys are probably going to feel like like crap however it's what what you do after the fact and when you do the self-reflection that that's where you can tell whether or not the conversation itself was productive and i think like especially in the the season finale when they sort of meet up and talk again you can see that that was how that that the those both parties had their time to think about it and reach their own conclusions and now they're coming together and there's progress being made not everything is perfect but there is definite progress being made and i thought that was really cool yeah. i thought it was a nice little neato burrito thing that they they showed that they show like all the all the different fat the um different points and, and views of how these things can go when you're talking about you know like your different identities or even with other things like going on like for instance like you want to go down a different career path and let's say your parents like had this idea of what they wanted you to do and they've been pushing you and and trying to mold you in this way and you're just like "Mm, no i'm going to go do this thing instead and then having those kind of conversations or you know i know there's there's a whole lot of different things you can plug in there but I liked it. I, I thought it was it was really it was really nice and also very relatable, um, just based on like you know my own experiences with stuff like that. So I think that's such a great point, Mark. Um, I think it's really important to show in media in general, but especially media like this where it's sort of uh, aimed towards a, a younger audience, young adults. Um, sometimes conversations are incredibly uncomfortable and you don't get a resolution and they're still vitally important to have. I think that that is so important to show in media because, you know, so much of our media's storytelling is like, you set up a conflict and then you solve the conflict. You set up a conflict, you solve the conflict. It's like real life is never that neat and tidy and almost Even never narratively satisfying. <laughs> Even if it's not like sitcoms from the, the 90s where like it wraps up in half an hour, you got to wrap it up by the end of the season now, right? So, yeah, yeah, it's nice to, it just, it just is. Um, and you, down the line, you can have a shitty conversation like that that's uncomfortable. And, you know, maybe down the line, someone comes along, parents realize, oh, maybe I should rethink how I did that. And maybe I'll, I may own up to some mistakes and do some learning on my own. No guarantee that's going to happen. But it's always the option. It's better to ha- sometimes it's better to have the conversation and rock the boat than not yeah you can't control what other people do or think or or believe and so i do i do like that you brought that up mark it's like this this can take years Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is not something and 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 lots of therapy and it's you (laughs) like you got to go and self-reflect you got to figure some stuff out you know like i can't just show up every week and 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 rehash this over and over again you gotta you gotta do some of the work Mm -hmm. you know it's actually it's actually funny because towards the end of my therapy session on the other day, I had a realization and I remember telling my therapist, I was like, I'm, I, I think this is, I think I'm onto something here and I have no idea how to start this conversation. Like with the other people involved, I was like, I, I want to be able to bring this up and talk to them about it, but I have no idea how I'm going to without running the risk of them potentially getting defensive have you considered doing it over a plate of nachos (laughs) (laughs) you know i'm sure (laughs) i'm sure that would actually help the situation but i I remember talking about that and so then when i'm like speaking it out loud now i'm like huh i this is this has become even more relatable to me now now the the bowl of nachos are on my lap Mm-hmm. Now, am I going to throw the bowl onto the floor and and knock a waiter on the floor, or and order more nachos, or am I just going to order more nachos? Exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're really using this nacho metaphor. It's great. <laughs> it's good. Just pour some cheese on top of it. It's all it's good. good. It's mm-hmm. good. It's good. Fully loaded. 
Hell yeah. Nachos. Now I now I want nachos. nachos I was about to say, I was like, mm, some nachos would be really good right now. Are you talking about nachos or nachos? Both. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the answer is always both. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that was a majority of what I I wanted to touch on. This was a great conversation, um, but we still have a little bit of time. Do you guys want to touch on some other uh, trans characters in media? In in animated, I'm I'm curious. Uh, I want to see that list. It, Can it, you share the link? It doesn't have to be um, <clears throat> in in cartoons. Oh God. yeah, true, true. It can be any. I'm just like, I don't, I don't think we ever touched that topic. That's why I was asking earlier too. Um, you know, I, 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 like I was saying earlier, I don't think I've really had a whole lot of exposure to, like, that particular thing. Although I do remember, like, watching clips and and seeing things of like the Family Guy thing where where Quagmire's dad is is trans, and you know they have their their little gags with it and things like that but at the end of the day like they they actually have like a like quagmire does have like an actual conversation with his dad and saying like and and eventually kind of like okay i accept you for who you are and i i think i think her name's veronica i could i could have her name wrong um but i believe like that like it's it's a whole thing where he's like yeah this is how i felt for a while and this is just who i am now deal with it and you know he eventually comes to turn with it and then the only other i think for me i think personally is it's in assassin's creed Ah, (laughs) it's coming up guys 52 Um, minutes i was waiting i was waiting for it but (laughs) yes but the only thing is because she like they're there and they don't like because they're more of a side character like there's not really a whole a whole lot of substance there it's like oh you find out like a third of the way into the game yeah i think it's like james kid is actually mary reed and it's like okay cool and they're an assassin wonderful and then that's just kind of it like, you really say that but there. i was really excited about that. i mean like yeah, don't get me wrong <laughs> like it's really exciting but like in terms of like a story of like what to talk about like and it's like, hey, yeah, this game has a trans character in it. But sometimes That's awesome. you don't need it to be the story. You need queer people to be in the story. <laughs> and it's just like so matter of fact that it's like, yeah, this is who I am. And if you try to say anything about it, I I'll will. That's um, <laughs> like, I will. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I will literally end your life. Easy peasy. He's like, all right. Uh, to to uh, clarify, this is Assassin's Creed black flag black flag yes okay, I just, yes this uh, is just when, for my notes later yeah. i just wanted to make sure yes um, um mary I'm, reed there's yeah. also another trans character in assassin's creed syndicate uh ned weinert oh um, yes that's mm-hmm. right i haven't played syndicate since it since it launched it's been a long time since i played syndicate i haven't played it since it launched either <clears throat> oh my goodness so this is this might be kind of an ignorant question. I'm not sure what the question is exactly. But... <laughs> We're going to work our way to it. Yep. Yep. Help me out here. So th- a real conversation that I had once with a friend, um, she was telling me she was dating this guy and they were, they were talking about like, he really wanted to have kids. And she was like, I don't, I don't know. I think that there'll be like, I don't know if we should. I don't know. If, like, I don't really think that I, we can do it and i was like why what uh, like what's going on like do you do you not want to have kids like what's going on and she's like oh sway he's trans and i was like oh oh like i didn't i had no idea that this guy was trans i've met him a whole bunch of times i had no idea mm-hmm. um and to, to to kind of um the point that that uh mark and and lara and what you were talking about now it's like the representation is important, but like, how do you represent? Is it is it just enough to say, "Oh, this this man is trans" or "That woman is trans," or do you go like when you when you mentioned um, like that uh, Barney looks queer? Like, yeah, one hundred percent, right? Like, there's a the character is designed to convey something, but not necessarily trans, right? Like, like 
looks like a queer character. It could have been a number of different um, situations. So, so my question being like in, in the, in that aspect of representation, what, like, what do we need more of or how is it best done? Or, or is the answer just, we need all of them. <laughs> like we need, I th- yeah, usually the, the answer okay, is we need it. all of them. Got it. Thanks. You, thanks. I got it's there. Actually, eventually. This, is, this is perfect <laughs> lead into what I was, what I was going to say is like, there are a lot of trans stories that are about coming out. Um, mm-hmm. And that, uh, that was reflected in earlier media with gay representation, whereas the focus was on the act of coming out, that that was the big moment. That was the, the main conflict character characterization y'all that's like five minutes of our lives and and so the (laughs) idea being is like that is an important story to tell that is important uh, representation it is problematic when that is the only representation and so it is Mm -hmm. really important to have characters um where whatever is happening plot wise has nothing to do with them being trans and they just exist in that space um, it is important for it to be explicit because it is very easy for people to ignore it if it's not explicit. Mm-hmm. And so finding that balance of being able to say this character is explicitly trans without then people being like, okay, well, are you going to tell us the coming out story now? <laughs> and it's like, no, it's not about that. We're not doing that now. That's not what this character is. It's just – it's a throwaway line. It's, it's a tiny – seed of knowledge for you to have to better understand where this character is coming from or yeah just purely representation of being like in this world trans people exist and then moving on Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. and being able to have a wide variety of different types of trans experiences is really important because trans people are not a monolith they they are individuals and their stories are unique to their own experiences their context their families the communities they live within they identify differently i was going to ask about the the identity the the identification part because like i feel like in media we have like the explicit conversation of like oh i'm a trans man or i'm a trans woman where a lot of people would simply identify as a man or a woman without mm-hmm. the trans part as well. So again, like how do you represent that in a way where, yeah, I think we just need more and more of it so that we have that whole spectrum of like, oh, in this story it matters, here it doesn't, in this situation it, it you know, it's relevant, here it's not. Yeah, I mean, being yeah. able to get to a point where you can have a character never say i am trans and none of their friends or family ever goes hey that one's a that one's a trans and just something you know a tiny flag pen where it's Mm -hmm. just a tiny identifier that if you're paying attention you catch and otherwise it's it's not important to the story that is being told um i don't know that we're fully there yet i think uh definitely within queer spaces queer people are very in tune with finding little details like that um Mm -hmm. uh, general audiences not so much but i think as we move forward like the idea of trans people just existing in spaces and not having it be a big deal is is is, is, that's the goal (laughs) is has has there ever been like a like a a story, you know, like a mainstream, you know, popular story that you can think of, um, where it's flipped and like the minority is cisgender people. So then, you know, like you refer to the cis's instead of the trans's, you know, like something like that. The closest I could come up with is something like the L word where everybody's queer, but like, and they talk about the straights, the cishets, but like, that's about it. I was going to say that one story that comes to mind that I think gets things right and tries to balance um, the, the throwaway line, but also center transness in a way that doesn't make it all about transness was um, Neonal on Supergirl. Mm -hmm. Um, like she had to come out to somebody. I can't even remember that first episode. That's how much the rest of the story stuck with me and the yeah. coming out part didn't. Yeah. And there's a little bit of the 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 trans um the trans story being about like, oh, the power passes to the daughter for the dreaming and she's a trans woman. 
But like for the most part, yeah. she's just Nia and her friends interact with her as a human being, a full human being who has thoughts and feelings and experiences that have nothing to do with their transness. And it was yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do always wish that, I mean, it's like sometimes to make one point, you have to make the completely opposite point. So I was like the idea of showing white people in the majority yeah. or, you know, I mean, the minority or, or, um, et cetera, right? Like flipping those things completely just because then it's very obvious, but then yeah. you'd be surprised how those, like those conversations make people think it's like, why are you referring mm-hmm. to me as a, a cisgender? It's like, why are you referring to <laughs> transgender people? Like, why, why are you making the distinction? Um, why does, why, why is this the default? What if we change the a default or there wasn't a default? That reminds yeah. me a little bit of the, um, it was a web comic, but pulled into a graphic novel on a sunbeam by Tilly Walden, where every character, and it took me a good chunk of the book. It's a huge, thick book. Uh, and it took me a good chunk to get through and realize there are no men in this comic. <laughs> <laughs> They're all women. Wait a second. <laughs> and and there's the 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 only thing that's different is there's someone that uses they them pronouns in it mm. and but it was just like but i don't know if there's an experience like that other like for where the trans people or queer people yeah. in general are the norm but that was a that was a thing it took me a long time to be like wait there are no men in this society i have seen stories like that that's the but only with like yeah. yeah, I can't think Men of a specific yeah. example, but I'm sure that there are like sci-fi books and mm-hmm. comics that yeah. exist that uh, go into that. Probably kind of more idea. indie. There's got to be at comics and things. There's yeah. got to be a few Afrofuturism books. There's no white people, or like very few white people. There are a lot of there are plenty of those in uh, at least novels uh, where I think white people who read those books automatically assume people are white, even though mm-hmm. it's very clearly written that they that it's black people. Oh, and, um, uh, yeah, and I don't even mean like in part of the story, right? I mean like in the, in terms of the world world building. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Because because yeah, there's a lot of st- stories that you can center around um, one group of people or another. And yeah, mm-hmm. that happens all the time, right? <laughs> it's like you mm-hmm. just, oh, you just assume. You're like, oh, what? No, I, didn't, I had no idea. Because you yeah. assumed a default. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do, I do like it when, when stories flip that on its head. But I never, yeah. In the Orville, they play with this a little bit. There's a race where um, technically everyone is either a man or a trans man. Because no one is allowed to be... A woman. Female, yeah. Yeah. So at birth, anybody who is born, um, uh, who has a, a born with a, a female sex is is immediately given an operation. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> oh, they address it like head on multiple times in the show. And it is a serious point of contention. And, and um, but yeah, that's, that's the closest I can think of in like a popular fiction or popular media. Yeah. I know I just made a deal about wanting more than just coming out stories, but I do, I do want to touch on um, Victor in the Umbrella Academy, the most recent season Mm. Oh yeah, with Elliot Page. I thought that that was handled very well. Um, It it was Mm -hmm. a coming out moment, um, but the way that all of the characters responded to that i thought was fantastic and funny and sweet and heartwarming um especially the part where um luther is like should we throw a party i want to throw a party (laughs) (laughs) and diego's like no dude um and then tells victor like luther wants to throw you a party so that you know that you're loved do you feel loved and he's like yeah i'm like oh that's good shit yum 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 um yeah. but yeah ah. that's good all right any other notes link we cover everything this was a, a swell conversation cool how many times did you watch the episode 
I because every every time we were gonna record, did you rewatch it? No, um, oh. I I was sort of slacking on it. I I have watched yeah. the entire show one time, and then um, when <laughs> two weeks ago when we were gonna record this, I <laughs> rewatched episode three. I think it's the what it's my favorite episode. It's the one that's like very much uh, Evil Dead jokes. Um, and then from that one to episode seven. So I watched gotcha. the middle of the show twice. Um, but the <laughs> beginning and end, I've only seen once. Uh, but it's a great show. Yeah. I recommend it. Um, it's a fun time. It's a. Uh... Is season two dropped tomorrow? That, that's what I was going to say. Like, I think season two drops <laughs> oh, tomorrow. Yeah. It's spooky season, guys. And we just it got is. a little gift. It is. Blue Link's mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lara, any closing thoughts? It's a good cartoon. Watch it. <laughs> Mark, any closing thoughts? Laura Tuck line. <laughs> Here, you can have it, and I'll say trans people are very cool. <laughs> it's a good cartoon. Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, team. <clears throat> All right, and thank you uh, for joining us on this episode. For more Geek Therapy, visit geektherapy.org. There's links to all the community spaces in the show notes. Remember to geek out and do good. And we'll be back next week. Mm, bye. Geek Therapy is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to making the world a better place through geek culture. To learn more about our mission and become a supporter, visit geektherapy.org. 